You're listening to the Highbridge Podcast, celebrating the people, places, and history of the Highbridge area in Sedgemoor. This season is funded by SEED, which is a consortium of community organisations in Sedgemoor, comprising of Bridgewater Senior Citizens Forum, Bridgewater Town Council, Community Council for Somerset Homes in Sedgemoor, Somerset Film and Young Somerset, which is funded and supported by Arts Council England, Creative People in Places, Lottery Funding and the Arts Council. Today I'm speaking to local historian John Strickland. Now, although he focuses on Burnham-on-Sea history, as we all know, Highbridge and Burnham overlap and that there are lots of bits of history that, that do appear in sort of both areas. And as John, John's tried to keep record of these facts amongst his main focus. So welcome along, John. Hello there. And uh, well, to, to start off with, John, what, what, are, your, what are your memories of Highbridge? old Highbridge when you, when you were younger what 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 do you remember about Highbridge uh, well it, it's yeah it, it was a very very interesting place from my from a childhood point of view um I was very lucky insofar that um my neighbor in Burnham he worked at the brick and tile uh, works uh, where Apex Park is, is now of a weekend he often had to go in and do a bit of overtime what they call pulling tiles that they were on a, on the in the drying room, the air drying room, and they had to just pull them forward slightly. Apparently, otherwise the little pips on the end would break off. So when he did that, he knew I was interested in fishing, and um, he used to take me along and I used to fish in the in the, the pits out there. And I did that for quite a long long time, weekends wise. Um, it was very interesting because one, I remember the first time he took me the pit. It was a lot further on than where the apex pits are now. And I think that must have been the apex uh, brickwork pond. Um, but then in later days, um, they started actually moving. There was allotment all by the side of where the garage is now and a little uh, lane up through the side where you could cycle up through. And um, they started filling in this big pit that was there. And there were old cars everywhere. And we used to go and sit on the roofs of these old cars, half submerged, and do our fishing. It was uh, it was really good times, really, really good times. So what sort of decade are we talking about there? It's probably in the very early 60s. The brickworks, they must have been running down at that stage. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, it, it, around about the 60s. Well, what I found interesting is um, you, you sent me through a, an old newspaper clipping, so I'll just I'll, I'll summarise it by saying that mammal bones dating back to Neolithic times were discovered when work was being carried out at Apex Pond in Highbridge. And a newspaper clipping from August of 1966 explained that the bones and carbon dating, along with pollen samples from the peat around the bones indicated it dated back to 1200 BC. Now, that, that's some history for Highbridge to be able to claim. It's, it's fantastic. It really, really is. Um, and, and it was so interesting. I mean, I, I, I had left King Alfred School by then. I, I was actually, uh, August, it was, it was my uh, holiday from the, the, uh, the Bridgewater College. Um, but I, I knew my dad was involved with it. And of course, I went along with the Spain and it was really, really into what we were finding. I mean, it was very fortunate so far that dad knew Tom Cornish, who was the manager at the site there. And they'd agreed, they, they, they found these bones initially 
and they agreed to pump out an awful lot more water so that we could actually dig further down and you'd be digging along and, and it was just thick mud I mean, literally, they talk about peat samples in, in this article, but it was thick mud and very, very heavy. And you saw it go down carefully with your spade and all of a sudden you hit something hard. And, oh, I, I mean, I've never had the confirmation of anything, but we found bones there. They reckon it was ox bones and there was um, reindeer antler uh, and things like that. And they, of course, when you go back in times, uh, the, a lot of the area around there, it, it was it was flooded by water. Um, and the thought was from some of these people who went and looked that this was probably a huge, great freshwater pond or pool. And animals used to come down, of course, to drink. And then, of course, they, they were prey to these other creatures. Um, really, really interesting. You obviously were a keen fisherman in the, in the younger days. So you also mentioned about uh, Colthurst and Simmons Pond. Well, that's right. Well, it's known as Apex up there now, but that whole area, the the, the Apex Ponds was that was in fact Colthurst and Simmons. The, there were there were two companies there, and very very busy. I mean, and, and quite large. I think um, if you go back in time there was more than 10% of the local uh, population were actually employed there, which is, and of course, in those days, it was Burnham and Highbridge combined. There was, there was, there was no split, as it were, from, from the, uh, the, the council point of view. The more you look at that area there, and of course, the railway came right close to it there. And um, a lot of the places now you walk along, you can act, you're walking along the old railway line. And, and there was actually two, because it was so busy in going back in those days, uh, there were actually two sidings from the railway in there where they could op they could load the trucks. And then obviously it was much easier transport because before then um, it, it was horse and cart. And of course, Highbridge Wharf was very, very busy. And they used to then have to horse and cart it down to Highbridge Wharf. And then they'd load it onto boats to go all the way around. And it's really, really interesting because it, although it was it was called the brick works, it was the, it was the brick and tile works, and um, there was one tile made locally. I'm not sure, in all fairness, if it was done, but it was made from the the, the top silt of mud, and it was called a bath brick, and it was used for cleaning. And it's really interesting because if you if you go on searches now on the internet. Um, a lot of these wrecks they're finding now, even as far as, as India and around like that. And, and the thought is that a lot of the reject of stuff that came from the brickworks, they used it as ballast. And they're now finding bricks around India and further apart, set with Coulters and Simmons or Apex markings on them. Your general interest in history, is it, has it always been there? Is it something that's sort of that you've just grown into or is it something that you you stumbled upon. I, I was born in Burnham and I've lived in Burnham all my life. Um, and uh, it was my father, really. My father passed. And, and, and when we were tidying out my mum's house in the attic, we were going through all these boxes. Uh, as people do, you tend to put stuff up in the attic and you go through it. And, and I looked at one. I thought, oh, that's quite interesting. I put that one to one. Oh, there's no, that's it. And, and it got me interested. And, and si since I, I've been a man of leisure, retired, um, I got into it in a really, really big way. And, and it's so, so interesting and fascinating as to as to our local history here. Uh, it's it, it. Yeah, I, it's it's my big project, I must admit, and, and hobby. 
<laughs> so what I find fascinating as well is is the term Highbridge and Burnham-on-Sea or Burnham-on-Sea and Highbridge. And there seems to be a, I always find it interesting where exactly one begins and the other one ends. That was a very mute point, actually. I mean, um, going back to, to some people might remember that the, the mini roundabout that is now near the garage there on, on Burnham Road, the, the start of uh, Burnham Road and Highbridge Road, um, mm. just past King Alfred's, going down through, if you want to turn into, into Marine Drive and past Apex, um, that, that house there on the corner was called Halfway House, simply because it was halfway between Burnham and Highbridge. So we do uh, have some kind of marker then. Well, that, that's from a historical point of view, and, and it's, it's really interesting with, with some of my work now, because I, I hope you don't mind me saying, but we've got this website now, Capture Burnham, and there's also a Capture Highbridge, but I don't run that one. But Capture Burnham now, we've actually started putting things and we've got this demarcation line of, of halfway house, if you know what I mean, where it can go into either website. Um, but we've actually, I, I, I did a talk all about the brickworks and there was some people came there, fascinating, and their great, great granddad lived in that house um, and, and was part of the brickwork. So it's interesting how the stories grow. It must be um, quite fascinating when you when you go out and give these talks and when people come to you and give you bits more of information that you didn't have. It's very rarely when I give a talk that there's not something new I, I don't come away with, if you know what I mean. It's, it, and and it's, it's, it's the enthusiasm of people. And I think my aim really is to try and get it so that some of the local schools are involved with it as well. I actually, um, oh, several years ago, I gave a, a talk to um, the junior school in Highbridge and um, I uh, took along some old railway lamps and was talking about things and whatever. And, and at that stage, the, the old wharf was actually still there, uh, not being built on then. And um, I, I happened to mention that, that, that there were some, you know, very big ships used to come into the wharf. And a couple of the, the adults there looked at me as to say, where on earth are you talking about? So it just shows there's still an awful lot of gaps and trying to get the, the, the youngsters, because if, if they've got it in their mind, then it's it's going to carry on, isn't it? Absolutely. It's about keeping the history alive and the, the, the memories of those people being passed down. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I've always had a fascination with railways. Um, I grew up in Burnham right next to the railway. So we used to cross the, the railway line and, and go into the field opposite. And it's now obviously at housing. Um, but that was lovely. And then, of course, you'd see the signal drop down and you'd run up. And, and I've got a photo of me and a group of my mates um, talking to the engine driver there on Burnham Station, Burnham flat, flat platform. And, and it's, it's just so interesting. And my dad got to know Charlie King, who was one of the engine drivers. He lived, he lived um, there on... on um, Highbridge Road, just just it, the other side of, of um, Halfway House, and um, only once did I ever travel on the train as a very young lad. I must have been about nine or so at the time, and we caught a train from Highbridge, the old S and D station, all the way to Glastonbury, and it was so fascinating to look out the window and see all these peat workings going on, and it was just open fields and. Oh, lovely. And, and, you know, quiet times and no traffic and things like that. Um, but I was really jealous of my dad because uh, Charlie King happened to be the engine driver. 
Uh, and of course, in those days, there was limited health and safety, as it were. And my dad uh, took the journey on the on the footplate. And I can remember him asking Charlie King, oh, can John come? No, sorry, he's a bit young. He's a bit young for that. Uh, and, and he travelled all the way to, to Glastonbury on the footplate. And I thought that was really jealous. And it was only later years, talking to some of my mates, they said, well, didn't he ever give you a ride around when he was turning around in Burnham? No. And, and so, you know, it, it's, it, it's a fascination that all that, that, that was there and, and how life has changed. And, and I, I have to say, I think it's got a lot easier for people. I mean, we had um, an old back boiler and it, and it used Coke. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, ju junior school um, age. And um, in those days, the the coal uh, trucks used to come into the coal, the, the coal yard in Burnham, where the car park is there, just off Marine Drive. And I can remember going up with my go-kart of a Saturday morning to collect the, cack, the sack of co uh, Coke uh, for the back boiler. Um, <laughs> and then after, when that started closing, I had to go to where Liddles are now, and that was that was Burnham's um, gas uh, works, and, and and they had coke for sale there. So yeah, it's 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 fascinating. But I mean, hybrids itself. I mean, if you go back in time, hybrid was much much more important than Burnham ever was. Um, and there was a lot more industry there. It was it was a real hive of industry. I can remember my dad, and again going back to my early childhood, um, he used to love pigs trotters. So that's the, that's the end foot part of the leg, if you know what I mean. Yes. And in those days, um, there was Highbridge Bacon Factory there. They had a shop. It was between the line gates in, in, in Church Street and, uh, and uh, the station road. Um, I've forgotten the name of it now. The station road going down through. And he used to go there and buy these big trotters. But you had to queue to go and get them. It was so popular. It was almost seen as a delicacy. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I've tried it, and I must admit, it, it was it, it had a lovely flavour. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned the wharf and that. Like, can you give us an idea of how big the wharf area is, or was? I mean, well, it, it, it was all part. I mean, um, there's always been some form of wharf there, they say, back to even sort of like the, the very early times. I mean, there's, there's, there's mention of... Um, some of the wood coming in there for Wells Cathedral when they were doing some repairs. Oh yeah, it's it's it, it it's been there a long time in some form. And, and Market Street, that was a street I'd forgotten the name of. Uh, and Market Street, I mean, there was at one time two wharves there. There was West Wharf, and and that's if you go over the bridge now going towards Huntsville. Mm -hmm. That that was over on the right where it's all housing on there now. But that was huge. I mean. There's, there's, oh, it, uh, there used to be um, wood and, and all sort of timber in uh, from Scandinavia and Russia. And, and it, it was, again, it, it was very, of course, it was all manual work. And a lot of it early days was sa a sailing vessels. So you can imagine coming up through past Burn and past P Pillsmouth and all the way up through the winding brew there to get into the, the wharf. So what I also find interesting is that when people talk about the various markets that were known for Highbridge, so you got the, you had like sort of the general market, and then you had 
the sort of, as you mentioned about the bacon and that going on there. And then they also had a, a cheese market that was renowned. That, yeah, at one stage, I think that was the biggest cheese market, market certainly in the southwest and probably even further. Um, most of the most of the, the farms around used to make cheese. And, and the amazing thing was it was exported. I mean, I've got a, a photo of, of the the, um, the the board that shows the price you had to pay if you were importing certain things or if you were exporting things. And, and it was really, really surprising just how, what sort of uh, things were brought in and shipped out. And cheese was amongst them. And of course, when the railway was coming, they used to bring in the, the rails from South Wales and, and they used to ship out cheese back back to the miners. And you'll, you'll never guess, but it was Caffili cheese. Wow. <laughs> so we exported from Highbridge to Caffili. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Which is <laughs> and apparently I'm talking to I've been talking to people, and it was it was it was um the cheese was actually made almost from the whey. It was like the, the poor milk constituent. And of course that, that suited everybody fine down here. And because there was so much grass area and good good feeding for the animals. Apparently, it, it, it lasted longer and had a much better, better flavour than than that what than, than what the, the Welsh people could make. I'm going to have to come back to you at some later point and, and have an update on some more of your fantastic bits of memory. And, and you said to me you didn't think you knew a lot, and, and I'm already discovering things. I'm going well. I didn't know that one, and I didn't know that one. So I think you know more perhaps than you actually sometimes think that you know. Um, amongst the memories of, of growing up and and just generally speaking with people, what um what if anybody wants to to find out more information or contact you, is there a particular website or a, a, an email address where people can sort of touch base with you or pass on bits of information? Oh yes, please, yes please, they, they can do it via Capture Burnham. It's the, the whole address is captureburnham.co.uk. But if you actually put in Capture Burnham, all one word all one word in the search engine it'll come up and, and there's all sorts there where we're, we're i have to say it's quite a comprehensive uh, website now and it does cover certain certain parts of highbridge but um it's also now we've started doing a little bit about barrow and brian and brian down and, and 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 again there's fascinating histories to go on all the way around here, all the way around. I mean, when you when you think about going back, there's very little about Burnham and Highbridge in the Doomsday Book, because if you go back further, of course, it was all underwater. The sea came in. There's the story of the River Siger and, and the story of uh, Joseph of Arimathea coming through on the River Siger and, and then travelling all the wetlands across and, and ending up at Glastonbury. And, and we've got the... The, the Glastonbury thorn that he allegedly put his, his, his stake in and it grew. So it, it's, yeah, it's really, really, really interesting. And, and, and of course, there's paradise in Burnham as well, a whole area that was called paradise. And Barrow Road, if you go back in time, Barrow Road was actually called Paradise Road, which is somewhat fascinating. But yeah, capture Burnham and, and, and that, will, that will take you through. But if you want to know more, much, much more about Highbridge, there's also CaptureHighbridge.co.uk, which which is exclusively for Highbridge, and it does contain an awful lot more information about Highbridge. Thank you very much for your time, John, and um, and I do wish you every success in gathering even more information as you go go through life and, and talk to more people. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. 
The High Bridge Podcast, available on many popular podcast directories, distributed as The High Bridge Podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Google, Amazon Music and TuneIn.com. It can also be found at sedgemoremedia.com and is hosted and found at highbridgepodcast.transistor.fm. Also available on your smart speakers. Just say the wait word to the speaker and say clearly, play the Highbridge podcast. <laughs>